morning, good morning. I'm Pastor Sean Strickland here with my super cute husband, Pastor Edwin Strickland. And we get to pastor the most amazing church on the planet, Fellowship of Champions Church International. Mm -hmm. And it is wonderful because of you. So we want to say welcome, welcome, welcome to all of our champions. As you know, this is a church teaching people to walk in love, live by faith, and experience God's prosperity in every area of life. Why? Because God wants to make you a billboard of his goodness Amen. so that as Jesus is lifted up, the entire world is drawn unto him. So let me hear you say good morning. Listen, um, I, I see that you're telling me where you're watching from. I see your hashtags. You know what we do. I think that this is super cool. We were talking about this. Um, Tierra and her husband, they relocated this weekend from Austin to Portland, and they still get to be a part right. of this ministry. So now we have somebody else on the West Coast who's getting up super early, and we pray that God will refresh you and revitalize you because of your commitment to stay connected to the covenant family that God has connected you to. And so, and, and isn't that special? I mean, I think we ought to all just stop and think for just a moment that who knew that out of something so terrible as a pandemic that God would reshape and reorganize our ministry so that people who found this ministry and said, this is my home, that no matter where they went, literally in the world, they could stay connected. They got internet. They, they can, can stay connected. connected. Yes. <laughs> you and can be the, in the middle of a jungle. If you got a Wi-Fi signal, you, you can be connected. You can be connected. And guys, aren't you excited about that? And so it's such, it's just such a beautiful thing. And, you know, we had the opportunity to go this weekend and spend the weekend with our spiritual parents, apostles, um, Tony, apostles Tony and Cynthia Brazelton. And one of the things that kept coming up is that how the dynamic of church has changed. Yes. Now, obviously, anytime we have the opportunity to gather together in um um, in person, we want to do that. But how many of you have experienced from this ministry that healing can occur even from a live stream, oh, yes. that deliverance can occur even from a live stream, that needs can be met, that people can feel connected, that people can be plugged into, that people can feel plugged in, that even how many of you have ever been on the live and you prayed about something or you thought about something, you were concerned about something, and that was the thing that Pastor Chris sang about or the prayer team prayed about, or that was the thing that Pastor Edwin and I talked about, that sometimes even for us wasn't the main part mm. of our message but because the Holy Spirit knows you're connected. Come on, give God some praise this morning because he knows you're connected. He then says, hey, Edwin, use this example. Sean, use this example. Speak to this. And this is the power of being connected to the place yes. that God has called you to be connected to. Yes. And so we want to encourage you. We want to encourage you to stay connected. The to dis distance does not diminish power. Distance, come on, put that in the comments. Distance come on. does not diminish power. Distance does not diminish power. And it reminds me of when they said that, and he sent his word yeah, and healed yeah, them. Yeah. He sent his word. Well, that's what the centurion said. He said, well, you ain't got to go to my house. Just send your word. Why? Because he understood that distance did not diminish the power. When the word of God goes forth, those who receive the word, regardless of the distance from where the word came from, are able to receive and then become that word they receive.
And another beautiful thing that has happened is that how many of you now know people that you would not have known? Oh, absolutely. How many of you have made connections with people and, and, and people that you know who are a part of this covenant family and you support them when something good is going on and you pray for them when something challenging is going on? Let me tell you something. What God is doing in Fellowship of Champions and many churches across the world, it is local, but it is international right. and it is designed to pair up to impact the world. And I want you guys to be excited about what God is doing here. And I don't want anybody to feel like they are less of a partner mm -hmm. because they don't live in Northwest Arkansas, right. because they can't get to the huddles. I want you to know that partnership has its privileges. And if you are a part of Fellowship of Champions, it is Pastor Ellen and our desire. It is our prayer and our belief that the same grace, same grace the, same, the anointing same anointing that is on us rests on you. Yes. And no matter where you are in this world, you are able to operate in authority. You are able to live in yes. victory. You are able to overcome life's challenges yes. and you are able to live yes. a life without limits. And because we so believe that, we believe that that same grace and that same anointing that's on our life ought to be stronger on yours. Yes. Because you have the anointing on what's on our life and what God has put on your life. We desire literally that all of you, that your floor, that our ceiling would be your floor. Absolutely. We want to see you go further. We want to see you go faster than we've been able to do. That's why we like to come and share this word, share the journey that we're on so that you can avoid some of the pitfalls and mistakes and things that the enemy would use to trip you up because we want your life to be a life without limits. A life without limits. And if that doesn't make you want to share this broadcast on your page, on your story, <laughs> in groups that you can, then I think you need to lay hands on yourself on. right now because come let on. me tell you something. God, this morning as I was with, we were driving over, I heard the Lord say, I want to accelerate my people. Amen. I want to take my people to the next level. That's not just money, guys. He wants you to go to the next level of peace. If, you, if you just think of money, that's low-hanging fruit. That's low-hanging fruit. Money is low-hanging fruit. He wants to do so much more. You were saying he wants to do. He Listen, and one of the things that we say in Inner Circle is that money is the easiest thing to make. Yeah. Go ahead and put that in the comments, see, because if you think money is the big thing, you've misunderstood the kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. Money is the least of the things in the kingdom of God. Money is easy. Money's the easiest thing to get. But let me tell you what God also wants to increase your peace. Yes. He wants to increase your godly character. Mm -hmm. He wants to increase the boldness that you walk in. He wants to uh, to uh, increase your wisdom and understanding to know what to do in every situation. Come on and somebody begin to put a demand on that right now. I have the wisdom of God that causes me to know what to do in every situation. I know what to do with my co-workers. I know what to do with my children. I know what to do in my marriage. I know what to do when yes. my car is yeah. acting up. Yeah. Come on, I want you to begin to put a demand on the anointing right now that if you need a new refrigerator he knows where your refrigerator is if you need a new doctor he knows where your doctor is if you have a health challenge right now that the wisdom of God causes you to connect with the people that have your answers God has a good plan for you and he wants every area of your life to be overflowing with the power of Jesus taking every dead thing every limited thing every 
every broken thing, everything that the enemy has ever attacked and making it live. I want everybody to just put this in all caps, live in Jesus name. Listen, we, you ought to give God some praise. Yes. Wherever you are right now, you ought to give God some praise. I mean, out of your mouth, in your living room, yes, in your car, you, in your kitchen, whether you're walking to the laundry room, if you're sitting there watching on the big screen, whatever you're doing, you ought to literally open up your mouth where you are and just start saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you Jesus. Jesus. Because thank what the you, enemy Jesus. wants to do is the enemy wants to wear you out. That peace that Pastor Sean was talking about, all of those fruits of the spirit that we know are so vital to our life, joy. Listen, Pastor Tony said something this weekend that I thought was so good. He said the enemy seeks to wear us out because he wants to limit our joy because our joy connects us with our future. See if you yeah, if, if, see if you need a refrigerator and you think, oh my God, how am I going to get pay, how am I going to pay for this refrigerator? Go ahead and give God praise for the refrigerator. Give him praise in advance and watch and see how your joy will connect you with your future. Absolutely. So we don't we don't want you to limit God in any area. Just begin to give God that praise. Come on and just give God that praise. Let's just take thirteen seconds. You Glory know, to one God. One of the things that Pastor Cynthia taught us is that God is the God of toilet paper. God is the God of toilet paper. God is the God of jet planes. What is it that you need God to be in your life? Because the other thing that I thought the dad said that was so good is that how you're going to experience God is based on who Jesus is to you. Mm. Who is Jesus to you? Mm -hmm. So one of the questions they ask us is who is Jesus to you? And I said everything. And I said the answer. <laughs> I said he is everything to me. Why? Because answer. if he is everything to me, there is no area of my life that Jesus cannot touch. Mm -hmm. If he is the answer for you, there is no area of your life where you do not have an answer. Some of you are sitting right here. You're in challenging situations. You're wondering how you're going to come out. How are you going to come out? Jesus. Jesus is the answer. Come on, put Jesus that in the comments section. everything to you. Say, Jesus what is my everything. Need? Jesus is my Jesus answer. Jesus is my everything. I need help. Jesus is a very present mm -hmm. help in the time I of trouble. I don't know what decision I need to make. Jesus is my answer. Jesus, he knows what I need to he do. He knows what I need to do. Jesus is not withholding anything good from me. Mm. Jesus is not directing me to destruction. He is leading me into peace and joy and life. And I'm telling you guys that if you want to live a life of no limits, you have to see Jesus as everything. Mm -hmm. You have to understand your next promotion is not because you're so smart. It's not because of who you know. It is because Jesus has appointed and anointed that this is your season for next. Mm -hmm. You have to understand that Jesus knows where every single thing you need, every single person. And so if you focus on Jesus, the Bible says it like this in Matthew 16, 33. It says, um, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Mm. Seek ye first Jesus. I want to be wherever you are. I want to be doing whatever you're doing. I want to be talking about whatever you're talking about. And all these things that encumber the heathen is what it says mm -hmm. the people who don't know their god then jesus begins to add those things tell you to you tell your neighbor say i don't have to chase anything mm -hmm. i don't have to chase anything because when i chase jesus when he becomes my priority the things begin to chase me the open doors chase me the solutions chase me the wisdom chases me the favor chases me all I have to do if I want to live a life with no limits is that I've got to put this thing in first place and Jesus is first place. Amen. Listen, we've, Amen. Got, we've gotten to preaching and we, I've been, we've been 
little remiss. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing some names I haven't seen before. So let me just welcome any first-time visitors. Uh, we got to preaching and got excited, and I didn't do that. So welcome, welcome, welcome to Fellowship of Champions Church International. If you are a first-time visitor in our comment section, you can just say first-time visiting. You know, we won't pull you on screen and ask you to speak or anything like that, but we do have some virtual greeters who will reach out to you and say hello and make sure that you're comfortable. So we appreciate you. Glad you're here. In the same way we ask our partners, we'll ask you if this message uh, is blessing you that you will share. Share it to your page, share it to your story, make it a real, do whatever you have to do to help us get this word out. And we're excited to have you here this morning. Amen. I want to pray because I'm ready to go. Listen, I, I listen, I'm ready to go. Are y'all ready to go? I'm Put ready. this in the comments. Say, I'm ready for the word. I am ready for the word. Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we give you praise with much thanksgiving. And we honor you and we bless you because you are a good God. We thank you for Jesus. Because of Jesus, we have been redeemed to the family of God. And we can come and say, Abba, Father, and the Spirit bears witness that yes. we belong to you. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who leads, guides, teaches, directs, instructs, corrects, yes. thrones us, and causes us to look more and more like Jesus every single day. It is our desire that every area of our life would bring God glory. It is our desire that every area of our life would bring fruitfulness to the kingdom of God. So Holy Spirit, we give you permission. You said that anytime we can see here and understand that we shall be converted and we shall be healed. Today is it's our conversion day. Amen. Listen, as we were talking, I got really, really stared up. And if you remember, we used to quote all the time in Amos 9. It says, things are going to happen so fast your head will spin. Things one right after the another, blessing on top of blessing. Let me tell you why it's so important for you and I to put Jesus in first place so that we can live a life with no limits. Because when you begin to put Jesus in first place, there will be so many opportunities that chase after you that you will need the wisdom of God to know mm -hmm. what to say yes to. Mm -hmm. Literally, if you will put Jesus in the in first place, come on, they pulled it up for me. They said things are going to happen so fast, your head will swim one thing after another of you won't be, I'm sorry, things are going to happen so fast, your head will swim one thing fast on the heels of another. You won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once. Everywhere you look, blessings, everywhere you, everybody make that prophetic declaration. Everywhere I look, blessings. Every, I look at my family, blessings. I look at my account, blessings. I look at my health, Blessing. I look at my job. Blessing. Everywhere we look, blessings. Blessings like wine pouring off of the mountains and heal. I can't keep. Tell your neighbor, go ahead and say, babe, God is doing so much great stuff in my life. I can't keep up. Mm. I can't keep up with everything that he's doing. Every time I turn around, I got an opportunity to say, thank you, Jesus. Every time I turn around, I got an opportunity to go, oh, look, he did it again. Every time I turn around, I'm looking, I'm going, oh, my God, look at what God has done. Why is this so important? Because if we're going to take the limits off of God, we have to put Jesus first place because when all of these things begin to happen for us, we need to know what to choose. If, the, if we're chasing the job, we'll say yes to jobs that Jesus never told us to take. 
If we're chasing being married, we'll say yes to people God never told us to be with. If we're chasing the house and the car, we'll say yes to things God never told us to be in. But if we're chasing him and he's the prize, when they begin to bring things up and they begin to come to you, I think just the other day, somebody reached out to you and offered you a job. They wanted you to interview for a job, right? Yep. And, and God was like, no, don't touch that, right? Yep. But when Jesus is your source, you don't get afraid and nervous when something is presented to you that seems too good to be true and God says don't touch it, you don't think he's keeping something from you. When Jesus becomes your choice, then the scripture that says my expectation is from him alone becomes your reality. Yeah, that's and when, good. And when, when, when my expectation from him becomes my reality, I don't have a need to chase anything. I don't have a need to chase anything. And then that's why the Bible begins to tell us that before we know it, uh, blessings will begin to chase us down. That the, and not only will they chase us down, they will overtake us. They will overtake us. And then us. once they overtake us, they will then go before us. So every place we step becomes now this scripture is fulfilled. Blessings on top of blessings on top of blessings coming so fast, it Your makes our heads head spin. Glory to God. That is living a life without limits. Glory but to God. But in order to live a life without limits, we really have to, we really have to hear the, the words that 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 honestly what God said to Moses, you know, we started off, we've been teaching this for four weeks now, and we started off in Numbers chapter 11. And in that final verse, uh, I think we, we read we read 18 through 23. But if you look at just verse 23, right in verse 23, he says, don't limit my power. He says, don't. And there's so many ways. And it was funny because when mom and dad were, were sharing with us this weekend with all the brothers and sisters who were there, that's what they were really trying to get us to understand that this is our year of great progress. But that's not a word for the year. That's not a word for just a season. That becomes a word that as a form of a lifestyle. So 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 we, we might not even have a new word for next year. Next year is going to be greater than this year. And the year after that's going to be greater than, than 2024, right? 2023. We're going to get better every single year if we do what? If we come along with him. If we come along with him. Because right? he says, don't limit my power. He says, you will see that I can do what I say I can do. Somebody will put that in the comments. It says, God already knows what he's going to do. God already knows what he's going to do. And that's why so many times when, when you look in the Bible, you'll see that they had these different experiences Jesus did with his disciples. And what happened was is something would, 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 would go not according to plan. And his disciples would say, well, what about so-and-so? And Jesus would direct them back to what he knew he was going to do. When they got ready to go across the sea and, and, and Jesus went in the boat and Jesus went to sleep and they woke him up. And what did they say? Do you not care? Do you not care? Did we perish? And what did Jesus say? He says, oh, ye of little what? Faith. Why did he call them? Why did he say their, their faith was little? He said their faith was little because he had already told them what they were going to do. Yeah. So what is Jesus already told you that you're going to do? But you keep telling him all of the excuses of why it can't be done. Oh, ye of little faith, your life will become a life without limits when you stop limiting God in your life. Amen. Amen. And that's so good. If you think about that story right there, babe, where it says Jesus says to them before they get on the boat, we're going, we're going to the other side. So whereas Jesus told you that you're going, but you keep asking him, do you not care if I'm going to die? 
Do you not care that I didn't get the job? Do you not care that I'm 35 and still not married? Do you not care that I haven't had any kids yet? Do you not care that I'm still not in the city I want to be in? Jesus, you told me I was going to be here, but I'm still over here. And he says, oh, ye of what? A little, little faith. faith. Stop limiting God. But I think some of it, too, is that if you are going to live a limitless life, if you're going to not limit God, we've said this for years, we taught a whole series on it, that faith starts where the will of God is known. That's why it's so important for us to know what is God saying to us? Because God is not obligated to do what I want if it doesn't align with his will. And the issue is this. Sometimes I truly believe people do know what the will of God is, but they get frustrated because it doesn't go as fast as they want. And when it doesn't go as fast as they want, then they allow doubt and unbelief to start creeping in. And that begins to limit what God can do in their life because God isn't operating in doubt and unbelief. So you knew what the will of God was. You started off in faith, but you let the world, the cares of the world come and, and really crush that out of you. And that's why it's so important because we talk about that for every promise of God, yeah. there's a, for every promise, for every principle and every process, there is, there is a faith process. faith process. Tell your neighbor, say, you got to learn how to stay in faith. You got to learn how to stay you in faith. You have to learn how to stay in faith. I'm going to stay in faith. I'm going to stay in faith. What does that mean? You have to understand the strategy of the enemy, right? Let's look at Mark 11, 22 and 23, because I want you to understand the Bible says, don't be ignorant of Satan's devices. And when we become aware of how the enemy is trying to move us, then we can refuse to be moved. Mm -hmm. Amen. When I'm understanding that you're trying to move me, you know, one of the things that, um, you know, I remember when you used to coach Taylor in basketball and we, and we would talk about how important it is for a defender. The defender should set the direction that the offensive player is mm -hmm. going to go in. Right. And that's why the thing we would always tell her, Put your foot on the baseline. Cut the baseline off. Understand that the enemy is doing things trying to force you to go a certain way. Yes. What's the way he's trying to force you to go? Out of faith. Out of faith. Why is he trying to force you to go out of faith? Because everything you receive from God will be received by faith. Amen. Now, in Mark 11, it tells us something. It says, for verily I say unto you yes. that whosoever, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I say unto you, Whatsoever, whatsoever ever you mm -hmm. desire, when you pray, yes. believe that you receive it when? and you shall have it. Now, <laughs> I got to back up because we got to lay proper foundation. When Jesus is saying this, his assumption is you would not be asking for something he told you know about. Mm -hmm. His assumption is that you would not be asking for someone else's husband, right. someone else's wife. His, his assumption is, is that when you are speaking to things, you are speaking in alignment with what he has already assigned to you for your purpose. In Matthew, in Psalms 37, it says, um, he will give you the desires of your heart. 
But if you study it out, that is a heart that has become pliable to God. Mm -hmm. Because what God does is that God, the Bible says he created us in him before the foundation of time. He put certain desires on the inside of us before the foundation. You know, the reason that Pastor Ellen was willing to drive 13 weeks in order to see me is because God had already put the desire in his heart for me. Mm -hmm. If he didn't have the desire in his heart for me. So what happened is, is that when he saw me, he could recognize what God had already put in his heart. Yeah. And the same thing is true about the word of God. If you don't have a desire for the word of God, then it won't be something that's attractive to you. In the word of God, if it doesn't become attractive to you, it becomes the very thing that you don't understand could be used so that you could live your life without limits. No, so you yeah, become limited good. because you are unattractive to the thing that could change your life. No, that's so good. And when I say when we say word of God, I want you to expand it. It is the written word without doubt. But it's when God says to you, you're going to the other side. Sure. That must become a word yeah. for you. When God says to you, you're buying a house this year, that must become a word for you. And then your heart must become pliable. And I think that this is the thing that people miss sometimes is that God will begin to stare desires in you that he put in you from the foundation. Mm -hmm. And it is your responsibility, it is my responsibility that when he stares the desire, we come into agreement. Mm -hmm. I'll give you a good example. I used our, our relationship as an example. We were 22 when we met. Neither one of us planned to get married at 22. We were not looking to get married when we were still in college. But when God ordained that we would come across each other's path and he began to stare in us that that's what he wanted us to do, we allow his desire to become our desire. Mm -hmm. The challenge for many believers, the reason you have a cap, you have a limit on your life, is that when God tells you what he desires to do, you don't allow his desire to become your desire. You don't allow his desire to trump whatever previous plans that you had. So when God begins to say to me, I want you to get married, and I'm saying, I don't even want to get married at all. Now I have a choice to make. Am I going to let my heart come into agreement with his desire, or am I going to keep going my own path? That is a part of the faith process. The part of the faith process is that when God begins to stare you, how does he stare you? Sometimes you may not have been thinking about progress. So he has your man of God to say to you, this is a year of great progress. You may not have been thinking about making six figures at a minimum. And he has your man of God say, everybody in this ministry makes at least six figures. And then what you have to do is that thing, even though it wasn't in your heart, you now, or you weren't conscious of it being in your heart, then now when that word comes forth, you have to allow it to stare your heart. You have to begin to meditate on it. You have to begin to think about it. He says, now when this person right here, when this person mm -hmm. who makes $40,000 began to say to the mountain of $40,000, be cast into the sea because it is the will of God for me to make six figures. And when you say it and you believe it in your heart, then the moment you begin to believe it in your heart and you pray about it, the six figures has been released to you. So now what is the enemy going to do? Because the key there when he, he says, but shall believe. 
that those things which he says shall come to pass. So it's not just about what you say, but do you say it and believe? Yes. Do you do you have that heart mouth agreement? The Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, uh, the abundance of the mouth flow, flow, it flows from our heart. If you don't have it uh, in abundance in your heart, your mouth is never going to speak it. If you don't speak it, then your mind won't receive it. And if you don't have that three-part connection, you can be saying, uh, I'm the heel of the Lord, I'm the heel of the Lord, I'm the heel of the Lord. But if you don't believe it, you won't see that healing manifest. Absolutely, because that's why I think you used this scripture last week with Joshua. He says, meditate on the word. Mm -hmm. So when God begins to put desires in my heart, I believe it was last week that you shared that when you were fasting, God gave you a desire. Mm -hmm. He stared a desire for you that you couldn't see how he was going to yep. do, right? You don't keep saying, I don't see how God can do it. You begin to meditate on God doing yep. it. You begin to meditate on seeing yourself in that place. And for a lot of us guys, the reason that we have this limit, the reason we have this cap on our life is that when God says to you, BJ, BJ, it is my will because you are a covenant partner of FOC to make six figures. You begin to talk about your income right now. You begin to talk about your education right now as though God didn't know that. God already knows what he's going to do. I thought a great example of that when we were reading this weekend uh, when Jesus was getting ready to feed uh, the 5,000. Mm -hmm. And he told his disciples, uh, you know, the disciples came to him and said, hey, these people are hungry. You need to send them away. Uh, we ain't got nothing here. Uh, and, 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 and Jesus begins to say, okay, uh, well, let's feed them. You know, and the disciple says, well, you know, well, 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 well what, how are we going to feed 5,000 people? And Jesus says to them, go, go get food. And they said, well, how are we going to get food? We don't have any money. And Jesus was like, I didn't ask you about money. I asked you, I told you to go get food. And sometimes God is telling us to do something, but we're giving God excuses for why we can't do it. And we don't realize, but what we're literally doing in that moment is limiting God. We're limiting God because God says, hey, I want you to go back to school. And what do you tell God? Well, God, I don't have the money to go back to school. God didn't say that. What did God say? Go back, back to, to school. school. So if God says go back to school, he doesn't need you to tell him how it can't be done. He needs you to come into agreement. It's a lot like what he did with Mary, right? He says, hey, you're going to give birth to this child. He's going to be the savior of the world. What did she say? Be it unto me. According to your word. She didn't say, oh, what are you talking about? I, ain't, I can't do that. Now, this is so interesting, right? Because when Zechariah goes into the temple mm -hmm. and he and the angel Gabriel appears, same angel mm -hmm. appears and tells Gabriel, I'm Zechariah, he's about to have a son. Mm -hmm. Basically, you can see if you read both of those stories, yeah. they both ask the same question, but one of them asked from curiosity Philosophy. and the other one asked yep. for doubt and unbelief. Yep. Yep. And the one who asked from curiosity, he said, we're going to shut your mouth mm -hmm. till it happens mm -hmm. because you're going to work against what God is saying. Because I need what I, what's going to be produced. I need in the earth and I don't need your mouth stopping. How many of you are stopping what God is designed to do because of your mouth? Mm, because of put, your mouth. You ought to say that in the comments. Say, I will not limit God with my mouth. I will not limit will God, not limit with, God my with, mouth. with my mouth. I will not limit God with my mouth. And we don't realize that God gives us these opportunities. He puts these things in our heart. The Bible says we're supposed to go what? From faith to faith, mm -hmm. to glory to glory. Mm -hmm. So God knows where you are right now. Put that in the comments. Say, God knows where I am. 
God knows where I am right now. So God will put something in front of you that seems like a mountain that is designed to show you your faith. Mm -hmm. Now in Romans 12 and three, it tells us every man has received the measure of faith, not a measure of faith. That's very important. We all have the same faith. We all have the same faith. Nobody has baby faith. Nobody got faith that doesn't belong to God. We all have the faith of God. What God does is gives us opportunities to develop that faith based on his purpose for our lives. Mm -hmm. So even though Pastor Edwin and I are married, there will be things that he asks us to come into agreement with together. And then there are things he asks us to walk out on ourselves because we each have to have our faith developed. Mm -hmm. You have to stop seeing mountains as insurmountable. You have to see mountains as opportunity for the faith that's already in you to be developed. Does that make sense mm -hmm. to you guys? You have to stop seeing the fact that I don't know how I'm going to go back to school or I don't know how I'm going to stop cussing or I don't know how I'm going to stop getting high every day. You have to stop seeing that as something that can't be accomplished. Mm -hmm. You have to see that as an opportunity for the measure of faith that God has already put in you. See, the reason God knows you can do it is because he knows what he already put in you. Absolutely. He knows what he already put in you. Have you ever been in a situation where maybe you were an athlete, you were coached, and you had a coach that you maybe felt like was pushing you too hard because they could see something that was in you that you could not see in yourself? And so you would be like, why don't they just let me be like everybody else? I wasn't a great athlete. So for me, it was English. And I had an English teacher who I turned in a paper and she said, I will not accept this from you because I know the level of writing that's in you. Turn and tell your neighbor, say, God already knows the level of faith that's in me. Amen. He knows the level of faith that's in me. Why? Because he put it in me. There is nothing that God has ever put in your heart to desire that he has not already given you the faith to receive. He knows your faith is not faulty. He knows your faith is not inferior because he literally gave you his faith. Say, I have the faith of God. Amen. I have the faith of God. Now, here's the thing. In order for you to walk this out, though, it's great to hear it, but how do you walk this out? In order to become proficient in any process, and what did we say? We said that faith is a process that there is a that for every principle for every promise and for every prophecy there is a faith process necessary to bring it to pass so in order to become proficient in any process you need to look at certain patterns you need to look at certain examples you need to then practice what it is that we're talking about when you when, when you have the opportunity to use your faith don't shrink back. Your faith doesn't grow if you don't use it. You never become proficient in something unless you practice it. At some point, you have to leave the laboratory. 
That's what we're in today. We're in the lab. That's you have to thing. leave the laboratory and you have to actually go out and do the work. I talk to people about faith like I talk about riding a bike. I can tell you how to ride a bike. I can tell you how to straddle the bike. I can tell you how to put your <laughs> foot on the pedals. I can explain to you the mechanical issues that go on with the bike. It's a, it's a push and pull system that it has a pulley system in the back to pull the drivetrain. I can explain to you how you need to turn the front wheel to make it go left or right. I can explain to you about the brake on the left, controlling the back tire, and the one in the right, controlling the front. And, and I can explain all of that to you, but you will never ride the bike until you get out the lab. And so many folks come to church and they hear messages about faith and they just stay in the lab. But you've got to get out the lab and you've got to give God the opportunity to test your faith. Testing your faith is not so that he can laugh at you if you fail. It's so that if you fail, he can teach you what you need to know. Yeah, that's good. Because the test is going to come back again, and you're going to have to pass the test in order to get to the level that God wants you in. Now, the Bible says this in Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 through 14. It is a universal principle that promises must be obtained by faith. So if all the promises of God are received by faith, then faith must be imported. It says Christ has redeemed us, praise God, we've been redeemed from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, it says, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Praise God, we never had to hang on a tree. We're not cursed. Jesus took that curse for us. He became our uh, uh, appropriation for all of our sins so that we didn't have to pay the price. The Bible says he did that so that the blessing of Abraham might come on us because we are the Gentiles and it might come on us through Jesus Christ. So if you're born again, it means that Jesus bore your sins so that you would have the opportunity to live in blessing, which is empowerment. Why? He says, so that we might receive what? The promise of the spirit through what? Faith. Hey. What does that spirit do? That spirit lets us know what the will of God is. And once I know what the will of God is, then my journey of faith begins. But I can't just keep my faith in the laboratory. I got to bring it out into the real world of practice. Okay, let me give y'all a couple of practical examples that I hope will help you with this. So does anybody remember when you first started giving and you would give $5 and that $5 might be a stretch for you? You're, you're, you're having to allot that $5. And then... Did anybody notice that when that $5 got easy for you, the Lord would ask for 10? It's not the money. It's the exercising of the faith. When the 10 got easy, he would ask for 20. When the 20 got easy, he would ask for 40. What was he doing? He is developing your faith. It's not about the money. It's about the ability to trust him, whether he is asking you for $5 or $500. Some of you may have known, may realize that he was testing you like this. It began to be a desire in your heart to believe for a parking space up close. The parking space up close is practice outside of the lab. The, the parking space is not about you not having to walk 
because God is not against exercising you having to walk. It is about you learning in real life how to walk in sync with God so that you happen to get to the target right as the car is coming out. And because you are led by the spirit of God, you happen to be going in the right direction to receive. Why? Because that same faith that sold $5, that same faith that's, that gets a parking space is the same faith that he's asking you to use when he says to you, hey, it's time to get a new job. When he says to you, it's time for you to believe for your children to be saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. It's time for you to believe that your marriage can be turned around. It's just like David and Goliath. When David shows up to fight Goliath, that is not his ex first exercise in walking in faith. He has practiced on the back end so that by the time he sees Goliath, he already knows that God is well able. How many of you, if you stop and think about it, you can see how God has been training you. You can see, for me, it was like learning how to be quiet when God was turning our marriage around, learning that I didn't always have to say something. God is using, every, God is a master teacher. God is using everything for instruction. He's using, and he will use things that religious people will say were carnal and it doesn't take all of that in order to develop faith in you. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, I wanted to talk about these four components to walking in truth because you need them for faith. Now, and then I want to come back and do the five faith expectations, but I want to do these four components to walking in any truth in any truth because um, it's so important that you have these if you're going to walk out the faith process, okay? The first thing you need to walk in any truth, the truth, what God has said about you, is you need a revelation. You need a revelation. So when Pastor Edwin came at the beginning of the year or the end of last year and he says, this is your year of great progress. What he was doing is bringing a new level of truth to us. He was bringing truth to us. What was he saying to us? God said to him, tell the people of FOC, it's your year of great progress. He gives us a revelation that it's a year of great progress because God already knows that there are going to be economic challenges. So what he does is that he offers you a truth that is superior to the facts you can see. So if I'm going to walk in truth, I need revelation. And the revelation that we have right now is that we are limitless. Our progress shall have no end. Everybody put that in the comments. It's 74 y'all over here. Everybody put that in the comments. Our progress shall have no end. So if we look at that, what is revelation? A understanding of that truth at the level of your comprehension. How much can you understand about your progress not having any end? How much can you understand that? So now our man of God comes and gives us a scripture, gives us a word, gives us a prophetic direction. That prophetic direction is supposed to guide our life. What's our prophet, prophetic direction? That we, this is the year of great progress. 
that we will have no limits and our progress shall have no end. So now when gas prices go up, when food prices go up, do we agree with the food prices? Do the food prices now stop us from sowing? Do the food prices now stop us from going on vacation? Do the food prices cause us to stop looking for a house? Absolutely not, because we already has a tr have a truth, a revelation, and that revolution revelation says what? What does that revelation say, guys? In this house, what's our revelation? Our progress shall have no end. So what we are declaring is we don't care what the gas prices are. We don't care what the food prices are. We don't care about the employment rate because we have tethered ourselves to the truth of God that says our progress will have no end. Now, here is where faith comes in. Let's say if you didn't even get a better job this year, but you was like, but I sow and I give. My progress still should not have any limits because God is not limited by only what I can see in the natural to bless me. Amen. Amen. So it's for those. So I need a revelation. What is the revelation we are anchored on, guys? What's our revelation? Put it in the comments again. Our progress shall have no end. Now, you got to take that, guys. You got to apply it to your marriage. You got to apply it to your finances. You got to apply it to your health. You have to apply it to every area of your life and meditate on that. So when you're praying about increase, when you're praying about next, you're not praying from desperation. You're praying from the revelation that our progress shall have no end. Somebody thank God because your progress has no end. Aren't you glad that we have a God that is not limited by what your job is doing? Aren't you glad that you have a God that is not limited by what your government is doing? Aren't you glad that you have a job that is not limited by a paycheck or is not even limited by what your husband or wife has? That you can anchor yourself to the truth that in God, we have no limits. Amen. 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 You want to take the second one? Sure. The next one is we got to have a role model. We talked about having a revelation. The other component you need to have is a role model. What is a role model? You're going to need someone where you can actually see that truth lived out in the life of another person, either a historical person or a contemporary person, someone you know or someone you can relate to. It is the order of God to teach us and to train us by example. It is the reason, it is the reason that Jesus used parables. It's the reason that he told stories because it is the order of God to teach us and to train us by example. The Bible says that's that good. these things have been written for your learning. Yeah. Why? The, that's why he, the Bible is filled with examples of what people went through. Uh, examples of how people use their faith in times of adversity. Examples of how people use their faith to prosper. Examples of how people use their faith to, 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 to receive healing. Uh, people to, to use their faith in order to receive uh, natural healing in their sight, uh, in their ability to walk. Jesus says, I'm going to flood you with these examples so that you can replicate the very thing I desire for you. And so that's the reason God never that's called good. us to live alone. 
because you need to have someone in your life that you can look to. That is the reason that we take time out of our schedule every year to go and sit with our spiritual parents. Why? Because we need that role model. Yes. They are people who have obtained a level of faith that we desire to have. And so we don't consider ourselves to sit around and say, well, we know it all. We ain't got an answer to nobody. No, no, no. Who can we learn from so that we can continue to, to develop in, in this area of faith so that God gives us revelation, insight, and understanding about where he wants to take us? And then we say, well, God, who can we glean from? Who has gone before us? Who has done this? So we, too, can walk in those steps. That's good. And the thing about a role model, God doesn't call you. Uh, to have a role model so that you can become uh, a carbon copy of them. You know, you can you can follow me. You can follow Pastor Sean without having to become a carbon copy. You learn the principles and you begin to replicate the principles, not always the processes. And so if you want to walk in faith, if you want to walk in some level of truth, then you're going to have to understand God's going to give me a revelation. And then secondly, he's going to give me a role model, a contemporary, somebody I can see that truth that's been revealed to me lived out in their life and knowing that God is going to use examples that way to train me because it is the order of God. That is the, I love when you say that it is the order of God to teach and train us by example. Mm -hmm. That's what he did with Jesus. It's the order he's, of God. It's the order of God. God is not looking for lone rangers. He's not looking to make us clones. He's not looking to make me just like Pastor Cynthia. He is looking for me to become like Jesus. But I can use Pastor Cynthia as an example of how to use my mm -hmm. faith, right? The other thing that I want to say about role models, and then I want you to do regimen of faith because you're such a systematic person, is that the other thing about role models is that you don't need to be your role model's best friend. You do not. You do you not. Do and not. I'm going to submit to you. Most people do not have the capacity to be close to their role models and still receive. Can I say it like this? You don't even have to have ever spoken to your role model. Facts. You can glean and learn from someone without ever having to speak to them. If you th and I love what you said. Most people can't handle being up close and personal with the role model because you then can't understand that they're human and they have flaws. As great as they are, they still have flaws. And what the enemy will do is get you to focus more on the flaws than what you're there to learn. And so Baby. you are 100% correct. No, no, no. If we was on a test, you should highlight that right there. Because the reason people people want to, can, can I want to go to lunch with my role model. I want to go over to your house. I want us to go and do this right here. I want here. you to come to my kid's birthday party. I want, you, come I want to, you to come to the soccer game. That's a friend, not necessarily a role model. That's a friend, not a role model. And understand this right here, that the trick of the enemy, the trick of the enemy is to get you to be distracted by the assignment so you get in dishonor mm. because you can never receive yep. from those you dishonor. That's right. And that is the reason that there are people who sit in churches week after week all over this world and don't experience increase because you listen to the teaching and you say amen, but you do it from a position of dishonor in your heart. You get with other people, you say ugly stuff, you 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 got a critical spirit, and if you have a critical spirit, you cannot receive mm -hmm. you do not need 
to be close to your role model to receive from them a role model is someone that god has made available to you to see and many people when you get close to your role model you start exalting your role model as god mm -hmm. which is why god has to create distance because no matter how dope the brazeltons are they not god no matter how dope pastor elwin is he's not god i'm not god and if we don't properly discern how God uses examples, we begin to have a wrong expectation. Yep. And when we have a wrong expectation, we're going to get disappointed. We're going to get offended. We're going to get in dishonor. Some of you right now had an opportunity to serve in other ministries, maybe even in this ministry, and you saw something you didn't like, and it almost took you out because you don't understand how God works. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, this one right here, Regiment of Faith, that's your jam. Well, you know, we, we in order, again, in order to walk in any truth, you got to have that revelation, right? You need a role model in your life that can help you. I saw Pastor Ralph put it up, but, but what you needed the knowledge and the wisdom that comes from that role model, they don't need to be your best friend. Come on. And then the third thing you need is you need a regiment of faith. You need a regiment of faith. Pastor Edwin, what is a regiment of faith? Simply put, it is a systematic way of applying God's word, be a logos or rhema word in your life situation to get the promised results. Amen. Faith, we, we talked about every prophecy, every promise, and every principle. There's a faith process needed to bring it to pass. A regiment of faith is my systematic way of following that. It is a way for me to apply God's word to my life in order to get the desired results. Mm, That's mm. why having a role model is so important because if my role model has obtained the level of faith to which I desire, I can glean from them the process they use to get it. The Bible tells us to what? To follow after those through what? Faith and patience who have done what? The who have received the promise. So if someone has received the promise, then my job is to look and see how did they do that and then ask God, okay, God, I understand the principles. Now, what's the processes for me to do? Oh, that's good. Because the principles are, are universal. The processes are what's individual. That's good. And man. so a systematic a regimen of faith is that systematic way of applying God's word. You know, there could be multiple ways to get to the same destination, but the principles are pretty much going to be the same. You need to know how to do this. You need to know how to apply a regimen of faith. It is not enough to be told what can happen if you do it. You need to know step-by-step step how to do it and how to get consistent results each time. That is the reason. It was funny. We were talking to some friends this weekend when we were in New Orleans, and they were saying it. They was like, anytime you and Pastor Sean are teaching, y'all always telling people what God wants to do, but then y'all do what a lot of people don't do, which is to say, and here's what you need to do to get it. Why? Because we learned early on that it wasn't enough just to be motivated. It wasn't enough just to be motivated week after week to have somebody come and preach to you and tell you that you're next in line to be a millionaire, that you're next in line to own a business, that you're next in line to receive the healing, that you're next in line to be married, you're next in line to be taking vacations, you're next in line for this and that. And at the end of the day, you leave that building and you live your entire week that next week not knowing how to produce anything.
And that is frustrating. That is frustration. That is frustrating. So you don't just need to know what God wants to do in your life. You need to know what's my participation. What is my participation in what God wants to do? Because God wants to do something in us, through us, and for us, but not just because we heard somebody say it. And I, and I, I stress that because I think part of the issue that the enemy does is he wears, and I've said this before, he wears people out with time. Well, time, the only thing that supersedes time is what? Faith. Faith. Let me say that again in case you missed it. The only thing in this world that will supersede time is faith. Pastor Edwin, how do you know that? I can show it to you in scripture. The Bible says that there was a Syrophoenician woman who came to Jesus and she said, Jesus, I need you to heal my daughter. And Jesus said, it uh -huh. is not right. It is not right to take the food from, the, from God's children and give it to dogs. In other words, you're like, wait a minute, where is that in the Bible? I'll show it to you. Jesus literally tells this woman, he compares this woman's child to a dog. He said, I can't take food from humans and give it to a dog. But the woman did not panic. She didn't get upset with Jesus. What did she say? She said, truth, Lord. She said, but even dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Jesus said, I ain't seen all, I ain't seen no faith like this in all of Israel. He said, as a matter of fact, you can have what you ask for right now. It wasn't even designed for her to be able to receive that kind of healing until after Jesus went to the cross and made healing universally available. But what did she do? She used her faith to supersede time. She used her faith to attach to the things of God. And literally, Jesus stepped through the cross. Yes. Into another point in another time. Pulled and out for her. back to her. In a time where she wasn't, where it didn't belong to her. I'm trying to get somebody to understand. You think you don't qualify, but your faith can qualify. Somebody better hear that. You need to understand. You're trying to use your credit score to qualify, but your faith will qualify mm. you. Listen, let me tell you something. This is so important because I want to go back to role model and regimen of faith and mm -hmm. tie them together, right? Many times your role models are giving you your regimen of faith. Mm. This one thing that really, really vexes me about people and you need to hear me. I don't like to cook, but I can show enough faith. Mm. And when, and I can remember when we've talked about this and laughed about this, the Dr. Didi Freeman reached out to me and wanted to know how to make a pound cake, mm -hmm. right? And she said the thing, because she's a faith teacher, right? She said the thing that stuck with her is that I said to her, if you do what I do, you mm -hmm. will get what I got. Mm -hmm. And I said to her, I don't care how tempted you are. Follow these instructions the way that I gave them to you. And literally, when Dr. Didi first started making pancakes, they weren't exactly like mine. Mm -hmm. But by the time Dr. Didi kept working them ingredients, and then every time she would come back and she'd say, well, what kind of flour exactly do you use? Mm -hmm. And i say, well, I use Swanson cake flour. she said, well, do you still ship it? Sipped it. I say, yeah, I sipped it three times. And then it got to the point that you could not distinguish her cake from mine. Mm -hmm. See, what we've had to learn is that God wants us to be able to produce what the brazel can produce, mm -hmm. which means you can produce what we can produce. But let me tell you what people miss. You call me and ask me how I make my pound cake because mm -hmm. you say you want my pound cake. And I tell you that I cook it for an hour and 15 minutes. 
or 325. And you say, but I think I can cook it for 45 minutes mm -hmm. and 400. And to you, it seems like a small change, but that small change determines that you don't get exactly what mm -hmm. I got. So how are ways that we have given you regimens of faith mm -hmm. when we say things to you like this when we make a decision our first question is what what did god say mm -hmm. that we are teaching you that our regimen of faith in any situation is to start with what god mm -hmm. said that's our regimen of faith whether it's a new house whether it's going on vacation whether it's anything what did God say? We are teaching you, your role models are teaching you their regimen of mm -hmm. faith. When we teach you that we tithe and we sow, mm -hmm. we are teaching you our regimen of faith. Mm -hmm. I remember when Pastor Cynthia said to me, hey, I decided in my heart that I would sow directly into my spiritual parents mm -hmm. every month. I didn't have the ability to sew at the level that she was sewing at, but I had the ability to sew. Now, what the enemy tries to do is he tries to get you to go, well, why would you sew into her when she make, make way more money than you? Because I need to follow the regimen mm -hmm. of faith. If my role model says that this is what they have done to get, do you, I want you to talk about this, babe. The thing that you talk about when you go, when you used to go into schools, um, it's about fidelity, implementing with fidelity. Mm -hmm. Talk about that because well, you, that's what most people don't do. You just you just gave the best example of with the pound cake. That is implementing with fidelity. When someone implements something with fidelity, you are taught a process. You do not change that process at all. You mimic the process as is to determine the result. If you deviate from that process at all, you invalidate said results. It's, I, I cannot say to you, you cannot tell me to use uh, a stick of butter, uh, a cup of sugar, and a tablespoon of oil. And I decide I'm going to use half a stick of butter, I'm going to use two cups of sugar, and I'm going to use a gallon of oil. It's not going to taste the same. Why? Because I have changed the process. And what most people do is God will tell them what to do, but they do not do what God says with fidelity. They, they change something. They do something that's more convenient. Mm. And when you do something that's more convenient for you, it nullifies the process you would have gotten had you followed God's, God's instruction. Can y'all see that? We, we do it with diets. We do it with everything. We do it with everything. BJ says, stop trying to do it your own way, thinking you have a shortcut. How many of us have delayed the progress, the process, thinking that we have a shortcut, thinking I don't have to do it the way that they do it, only to end up disappointment, disappointed that you didn't get the results mm -hmm. that they got. Mm -hmm. That's why you need a revelation. Yep. So if the people who are telling you this is the year of great progress, the people that are telling you, I say this all the time, I, I, I do not know a person in the kingdom. I don't know one who talks about supernatural increase 
who is not an extravagant giver. Yeah. Do you know what? It's part of the process. It's part of the process. You cannot become and you you cannot become uh wealthy in God's kingdom and not use his process. Now, now you can become wealthy in another kingdom in another system, but you cannot become wealthy in the kingdom of God without doing it God's way. It, it, no, and it's funny because sometimes we'll hear people and they'll be judging people in the kingdom because they got a plane, because they got multiple houses, because they got whatever. And because we know these people personally, we know how many times they have given extravagantly just in our presence. And when I say extravagantly, some of y'all still go to restaurants hoping somebody else go pick up the tab. We're talking about people who have paid other people's rent for 12 months. Yes. We're talking about people who have bought two new cars for people so that they no longer had to take the subway to work. And then you're going to wonder why it is that God will bless them when the Bible says that God is unwilling to do without a prompt, quick to do giver whose what? Heart is in his gift. You better preach up in here today. It's like, no, no, really. no wonder they're blessed. No, really. You will be like, I don't understand why they have that. That's not there when literally when you were at Starbucks the other day you wouldn't buy the drink for the person behind when you. God told you to when God told you to then literally God said right now pick up your phone and sell $20 to somebody on the line you know you heard him say it and you like I ain't giving them no $20 and then you wonder why and the reason that I talk about it in terms of money is because money is the thing that people can understand and see, if you're going to get a revelation, it doesn't matter how great your role model is. It doesn't matter how great your regimen of faith is if you don't have a, a righteous resolve. Oh, that's the fourth component. That's the you fourth. need a, a righteous, righteous resolve. resolve. Amen. You need a righteous resolve. You want to talk about that? I do, because you know I love righteous resolve. When we were with Pastor Cynthia and them, we talked, she, she said that times that I would call her and talk about something that had happened between us, and she would say to me, go apologize. Yeah. She would say, go apologize. And I would say, I don't want to apologize. And she would say, go apologize. I didn't say, I'm grown. She can't tell me what to do. She a woman just like me. I said, they have a good marriage. I have submitted myself to her as her daughter. She is my role model. Her, the regimen of faith that she is telling me that I need to do is to go apologize. I'm going to go apologize. Even if I had to go apologize with tears in my eyes, mm. I was going to do it. Many of you have never developed a righteous resolve. So when you went, so when time comes, when time comes and the enemy tries to manipulate time, you use time as your excuse for disobedience. Mm. You use time. I, I would sow, but I sold in all of October and did nothing happen. I, I would apologize to my husband, but I apologized last time and he still didn't get up and come to church this morning. I would do extra at work, but don't nobody else do extra at work. And because you have not determined a godly heart that is going to do the right thing no matter what anybody righteous resolve really says this and we talk about how this is what god taught us you do the right thing if don't nobody else do it. yeah 
You do what I told you to do if don't nobody It's remain consistent in inconsistent times. Oh, that's good. A righteous resolve says that I am going to remain consistent even when inconsistencies are happening all around me. Why? Because I'm going to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. And I'm going to keep doing it because I realize if I keep doing it, I'll see the end of my faith. I'll see the end of this truth. You know, when you were talking about, uh, when Pastor Anthony was talking about that, the other thing people need to understand is that your role model is not your cheerleader. That is not the same thing. Having a role model and a cheerleader is not the same thing. Most people abandon their role models when their role models have to correct them on something. And that's how you know that, they're not, that they're not truly a role model for you. Because it's easy to follow somebody who's championing you all the time. But that's why I say all the time, People may call me dad, but I, I can tell whether I'm your dad or not. Sonship is not sonship until it's tested. When I have to tell you to do something you don't want to do, when I have to, when I have, when I have a difference of opinion than you, and you have to submit that opinion to mine, that's when sonship happens. That's when a role model really happens. When, 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 when I learn something that my role model tells me that I'm doing wrong, even though I've, 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 I'm tied to it, am I willing to abandon it? Because after all, if I if I had what they had, I wouldn't need them. But if I already knew it, I wouldn't have to ask them. But because I don't have it and they do, I might want to listen. I might want to follow what they have to say. I think that this is so important because I think that maybe people don't. And I, I think it's important for you to hear about our journey in submitting because i think that people may think that maybe because we have strong personalities that we don't submit but we can't count the number of times we can't because we can't count the number here's a great example years ago we wanted to leave northwest arkansas we left northwest arkansas we went to texas when we went to texas we're talking to dad one day dad literally says to us you left arkansas prematurely go back what did we do? At the end of that year, we went back. At the end of that year, we went back to Arkansas. I am telling you is that many of you are missing because you just won't clap, 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 clap. You do. So you want somebody to tell you that you, you go make six figures, yep. but not the fact that you don't make six figures because you messy at work and you always caught up in gossip yep. and they don't see you as a leader. Yep. You want somebody to tell you that you go be blessed and highly favored and rebuke demons off your life while you shacking. You don't want nobody to tell you that you shouldn't be shacking and fornicating. You don't want nobody to tell you that you shouldn't be stealing the tie, that you was wrong for cussing your husband out like that, that the way you acting on Facebook, you look like a fool. You look like you don't love Jesus. You don't want that. What you want is rah, 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 rah. That's and right. then when someone does a rah, 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 you like, I feel like I'm outgrowing this place. Mm. I feel like I need to move on to a place. I feel like the Lord is calling me. No, it's not the Lord. It's the devil that's calling you. Why? Because he wants you to stay rebellious. He wants you to stay stubborn so you can stay struggling. God wants to reveal to every one of his children his will. That's right. He wants to reveal to every one of his children his will. But in order for us to receive that understanding, we have to remove the limits that hinder us from reaching that goal. Part of not limiting God in our lives is learning to be instructed in faith. When you talk about having a revelation, when you talk about having a role model, when you talk about having a regimen, uh, I mean, uh, a, a, it's, it's, it's revelation, role model, a regimen of faith, a righteous resolve. When you talk about having that righteous resolve in our lives, it's like, yo, I need to be instructed in this. I want to read something in, in Jeremiah uh, 17. 
Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8 in the easy read version, it says this. It says, but those who trust in the Lord will be blessed. It says they will be blessed. They know that the Lord will do what he says. Uh, this, this is so important. It says they will be strong like trees planted near a stream that send out roots to the water. They have nothing to fear when the days get hot. Their leaves are always green. They never worry. Somebody put that in the comment section. I never worry. Never it worry. says they never worry even in a year that has no rain. That's righteous resolve. They're consistent even in times of inconsistency. He says they never worry even in the year that has no rain. They Each always day. produce fruit. They always. I always produce they fruit. They always produce fruit. Why? Because your consistency, even in times of inconsistency, will bring abundance into your life. So I sow whether I have little or whether I have much because sowing is a principle in the kingdom. And if people don't hey, get, good. if people don't get that, the us telling you you live your life without limits is just motivation. But we wanted that's to transfer good. from being motivation to being education, so it can become transformation in your life. You got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind through the Word of God. You know, one of the things, this is so good. Are y'all being blessed by this teaching? Because we're talking about how you take the limits off. One of the things that I, uh, we were saying when we were talking to mom and dad, that we really want you to hear our heart on this because this is another place righteous resolve comes in for you. It is easy to sit and clap and say, my next year is going to be different. Yeah. It is easy to do that. And if people are getting ready to come from all over the nation to the fire experience. There's going to be so much inspiration, so much power of God, all of those things. But one of the things that happened for me that changed my life, and I was telling them this this weekend, is that I remember saying that one, we were, I was talking to Pastor Cynthia about something, and I realized that she had said it to me too many times. And I said this the last time. She's not, I won't be here again. Nobody can give you righteous resolve. Nobody can give you that. You got to say, if my man and woman of God told me I can make at least six figures, I won't be here next year. Mm. I won't be here next year. So God, you can do whatever you need to do in me. You got free reign to do it because when they're talking next December, they won't be talking to me. Right. They'll be talking to me about the next goal. Nobody, you, you got to say every time they talk about people who easily offended, it's me. They not going to be talking to me no more. They are not going to be talking to me again. They're going to be talking to me about the next. Mm -hmm. And some of you got to make a decision. This is your opportunity with two weeks left in December. It's time for God to be, oh no, three weeks. Mm -hmm. We just three, three weeks. It's time for you to say, I won't be here next year. Mm -hmm. I'm done being distracted. I'm done being offended. I'm done getting off track. 
I'm going to start to monitor myself mm -hmm. and say to myself, Sean Strickland, you can do better than mm -hmm. this. You can do better than this. I won't be here next year. You got to give God something to work with. You got to give God something to work with. If you with. don't want to be offended, give him offense. Say, Lord, take all the offense away. All my offenses, you can have them. But you got to give God something to work with. You say, God, I want to be blessed next year in my finances. Then you got to start sowing. Because here's the thing I tell people. The tithe alone, tithe is not sowing. Tithe is how you do what? A tithe, is, God. tithe is how you prove God. Tithing is not sowing. Tithe, that belongs to God. You ain't doing no faith. Can I, I, I know we never see tithing as a bill, but I use this example because I think it makes sense. You don't pay your light bill and the light bill come by and throw a party for you. The light company don't come and throw a party for you because you paid your light bill. That belonged to them. So, 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 so we got to stop acting like heaven claps for us just because we tithe. That's the minimum we ought to be doing. But you live by your seed. What did you say tithing does what? It Tithing proves God. And, 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 and our sowing seeds proves what? us. Proves us. And this is the thing. God, this is a kingdom. What kingdom doesn't pay taxes? Yes. What kingdom doesn't pay taxes for the welfare? It's because people don't have a kingdom mentality. If people don't, people want everything for free. But the reality of it is it's not even paying taxes. And here's what I mean. God asks you for 10 so he can protect the everything else you got. <laughs> he, he, he says, look, you're really not even giving 10, okay? You're, you're presenting 10 to me, and I'm giving you 150 back. I'm, I'm giving you more than what you could do with, literally, he's giving you more than what you could do with the 100. If we didn't tithe and used every dime we made, we couldn't live the way we live. We could not. We couldn't live the way we live. But through our sowing, through our obedience, through our desire to learn faith processes and to walk them out, we live better than, if, than we ever could. You know why I think that this is so important and why it always comes back to money? And we can wrap up as you get ready to sow today because I know you want to sow after this word. Nothing ties your heart up and exposes your heart more than your money. It's where people tune nothing, out. It, nothing exposes your heart more than your money. Mm -hmm. no, listen, we one of the things that um Babe tells men, if you having trouble being connected to your wife, start spending some money on her. Because the Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. When one is everything we love, we give to. We do. Everything we love. You can check what you love by your spending habits. You can check what you love by your spending habits. We know everybody who knows me know I love Starbucks. All you got to do is look at my account. You can tell that I love Starbucks. I give you a prime example. So we were in the airport. We were walking by. I don't even know if you noticed. We were in the airport. We were walking by and it was a, it was a, a shop over there. And they had a bottle of, I don't even know what kind of it was, but it was this fancy bottle with some alcohol or whatever it was. And the little placard they had on it had $1,300. And I thought to myself, there's no way in the world I would ever spend $1,300 on a bottle of any alcohol. I just don't care what it is. But you know why? I don't love alcohol. But there are people who think that was a, that was a deal and would buy it, but would never give $1,300 to the kingdom. You know why? They, they don't, don't love, love the kingdom. They don't love it. Don't you, love you give to what you love. You give. It's why I spend my money on my family. It's why I spend my money on my friends. It's why I spend, it's, it's what I'll, I'll, I'll do for them before I do for my own personal self 
in many cases, why? Because I love them. And wh whatever you love is where you're going to put your resources, your time, your talents, and your resources, your money. Let me tell you something. I really want y'all to get this. I want you to get this because it's the will of God for us to have great progress. Mm -hmm. And we all know that at Fellowship of Champions, you guys demonstrated it even this last week with Giving Tuesday. You know that whenever we're talking about money, we're never just talking about money for us. Yeah. We are never just talking about money for us. But we have to talk about money but because we, God told us that if we don't, he's going to hold your lack of prosperity against us if if we don't share it. So we're going to share it and then you got to decide to do what you and do. And you got to decide what to do with it. Let me tell you something, because we go from faith to faith and glory to glory. And I want to speak to those of you who are still living in the place of not enough and a place of just enough. You can learn to so obey God that even though you have not enough, it it, it always works out that it's just enough. Mm. What does not enough look like? You're not sure how you go pay the bill, but before it get cut off, the money show up. That's level one. Nobody's supposed to stay there. You're not supposed to live at that You're not level. supposed to live at that level. That's a, that's we a thank passing God. through level. That's a passing through level. We thank God for the season of our life that we went through where we didn't know where, where it talks about the cruise of oil, not run, that that was a season of life. Even the Bible says that that when the famine ended, that ended. Mm -hmm. you, you're not supposed mm -hmm. to live that way, but you can use your faith in that level. Mm -hmm. Then you'll get to a place of just enough. Mm -hmm. Just enough. This is this just the progression of the kingdom where you'll have just enough for everything that you mm -hmm. want to do, right? Mm -hmm. And then you'll get to the point where you start having a little bit over. The problem, the problem with just enough is that it takes care of you, but you can't be a you can't be a healthy, you can't answer a call to the kingdom. So that's why we say that having just enough is still not enough because it may take care of you, but what would I when God asks you to, to help somebody else? Now fear creeps in because fear is like, oh my God, I just have just enough. So that too is a visiting stage. It is a visiting stage. And then there's the stage of a more than enough. Mm -hmm. The stage of more than enough. And we thank God for more than enough. Mm -hmm. we, appreciate we appreciate more than enough. We appreciate more than enough. But for those of you who've gotten more than enough, tell your neighbor that's just a stage. That's two. just a stage. That's just a stage. That's two. just a stage. God wants his people to get to a stage where literally it is coming in faster than it's going out. Abundant stage. It is a stage yes. of abundance. abundance. It is coming in faster than it's going mm -hmm. out. How do you get there? I'm going to use my favorite giving scriptures. Mm -hmm. You get ready to give mm -hmm. today. In 2 Corinthians, the ninth chapter in the Amplified Classic Bible, it tells us that it is our giving that determines our increase. It does. It tells us that it is our gift. Put this in the comments. My giving determines my increase. It is my giving. It is not even his giving that determines my increase. It is my giving that determines my increase. Yes. And I want you to know this, and he can attest to this. When he used to work and I stayed home with the kids, I would use things like birthday money. Christmas money, unexpected money as an opportunity to sow because we didn't have a lot of extra money in our budget to do anything else. I would use money 
that was supposed to be given to me to spend on myself and I would put it in the kingdom because I had purpose to be mm -hmm. a giver. Have you not watched me do Absolutely. it? And, and Absolutely. And so what it did is that it broke my dependence on you. Yes. And it taught me that God could be my source even if I was a stay-at-home mom yeah. who didn't have yeah. a job. Mm -hmm. And then God began to give me more opportunities. And let me tell you something, because many of you need to hear this, because this is a place that God will bring you to. And this is you and I, we came here individually. We came here collectively because I don't think married people get to skip this test individually. No, I think you get to, I think this is a test you have to walk through individually. Yeah. God will put a desire in your heart that you do not have at the time in the natural. Absolutely. And he will do it so you he can test you to see what you will do if you get it. Absolutely. So literally there will be people who will say, and I remember one time I said to the Lord, I said, I want to sow $500 into Pastor Cynthia so bad. God, if you'll give me $500, I will sow $500 into her, mm -hmm. right? Somebody sold $100 into me. He said, did you remember what you told me? Mm -hmm. I needed that $100. Mm -hmm. I sold the $100. I got another $100. Do you remember what you told me, Sean? I sold, will you carry it out? And people don't realize in the kingdom that there are tests we pass that determine if we get to go to abundance. Mm -hmm. And many people don't not go to abundance because you budget poorly. You don't not go to abundance because your boss won't increase you. You don't go to abundance because God wanted you to do something in the earth. And when he asked you to do it, he put it in your heart. You thought it was your idea. Mm -hmm. He began to provide the seed for you to do it. And you ate your seed. Yeah. You, One ate of your the, seed. you ate your seed. The Bible says he gives seed and bread yeah. and all grace. And our desire for you, especially as we step into 2023 and they predict that the economy is going to get worse. And is we're going to talk will, about that later and, on. That you will learn to live by your seed. Because if you live by your seed, there is not an economy. One of the things I love that Papa Oyedipo says, Ope, Oye, pa, Popster Oyedipo says, faith works everywhere. Mm -hmm. He's in Nigeria. He says, I won't let you believe faith doesn't work here yeah. because of this right here. Faith, faith works, works everywhere. everywhere for those who will work it. Yeah. Guys, I already know that many of you have seed in the ground. How do I know? I know what you did with Operation Snowy Cookie. Mm -hmm. I know what you did with the scholarship fund. Mm -hmm. I know what you did with the second with the second chance scholarship. I know what you do every time there's presented a need. And now what you got to do is you got to have an expectation, God, I'm going to do what you say in every situation and you're going to cause me to increase mm -hmm. in every situation. Mm -hmm. Because what we believe is happening for you is that God is setting you up so that you can become a display of his goodness in the earth. I was in the bathroom yesterday when we were in the airport and there was somebody working in the bathroom and it's just something about it. Something to me about when somebody has to work in the bathroom, it just really, really bugs me. And the Lord said, give her some money. 
And so I came out of the bathroom, washed my hands, whatever. I took a 20 out and I gave it to her. I gave it to her. Eyes lit up and she said, thank you so much. You didn't know how I how much I needed this. I said, God bless you. God loves you. See, God wants us to be in a place that we're not always looking and needing someone to give something to us. We're going out in the world looking at how we can use money as a seed to say to someone, God cares about you. That's why I told you, I said, I want the testimony of those that are least that are connected to us. I want that testimony to change from always being about what somebody gave them. Yes. I, I'm, I, I appreciate the fact that those are testimonies and those testimonies are needed, but I want the people connected to fellowship of champions church international to move beyond having the testimony Preach. that says I was in need and the Lord sent somebody to me and paid my rent. I appreciate those testimonies, but I want us to move beyond those testimonies to be, hey, somebody needed their rent paid and I paid. And I paid. I want us to transition from a different testimony from needing to be the ones who need to receive those miraculous blessings to be the distributors of those miraculous blessings. That's so good. That's so good. I need somebody to purpose right here. And I just heard the Lord say this. If you have ever had anybody to meet a need for you. Somebody gave you some gas. Somebody bought you a washer and dryer. Somebody came through for you in a crunch. I want you to ask the Lord to make you a distribution center yes, for that thing Lord, right make there. me the distribution center. I want you center. to ask the Lord to make the make you the distribution center mm -hmm. for that. Mm -hmm. That you're going to say, Lord, I, because you had somebody to give me a washer and dryer when I didn't have mm -hmm. one. And they didn't give me nothing raggedy. Lord, I want you to position me and my family that we can give away washers and dryers. Amen. I want you to position me and my family Amen. that we can give. Somebody gave Amen. me a car, God. I'm a giveaway car. You have to begin to see yourself. And I know you. we may be going over, but if you was at a movie, you wouldn't even be done yet. I want you to get to the point that you're looking to say, I I have already been supplied. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to use my seed to be a blessing to somebody else. Yes. I'm willing to use my seed to be a distribution center. It's when I Lord, I've been at the grocery store and I didn't have enough money, and somebody came through for me, and that is proof that I'm gonna be the person who pays for other people's grocery stores. In fact, my life is gonna get so good, I'm gonna go to the grocery store, I'm gonna pick two families, and I'm just gonna pay for their groceries. Amen. Amen. And I think here's a great example of what God will do for you. Babe has paid for so many people's groceries that one time you was at the grocery store with the boys and this man just bought your You was like, I don't need the money. He was like, no, you got them big old boys. I want to buy your groceries. I was like, I'm really good, sir. I mean, I, he was like, no, I, I, I want to do it. And, I, and the Lord, and, I, and literally the Lord was like, let him do it. Let him do it. He wants to be a blessing. Let him do it. So I let him do it. But you know me. I turned around and went back to the store a few hours later and looked for somebody and I bought their groceries. Why? Because I'm blessed to be a blessing. I am blessed, I am blessed to, be, blessed a blessing. to be a blessing. And I have and I have lived out that I cannot beat God's giving. I cannot beat God's giving. I have giving. lived it out. I want listen, let me tell you something. God is raising up a people right now that literally the money's gonna come in your hand. And I want you to know who so you'll recognize this training. Kimberly Dennis, somebody's gonna cash after you, and the Lord's gonna say that ain't your money. 
And that's your opportunity to pass that money. You're going to get, we're going to, I want you guys to start getting up. Even those of you who think you don't have anything because you're going to say, but you know what, God, do I have a candle in my house that I haven't used that somebody need to be blessed on, with this something. candle? Man, let me tell you something. I'm a distribution center and I will not stay here because let me tell you what God does for people who make that decision to live second Corinthians. He makes the decision and he writes something about you in heaven. Mm. And this is what he writes about you in heaven. He says, all the angels can see it. He's on Kristen Valley scrolls. He says, Kristen Valley cannot be broke because she is my distribution center in heaven. Amen. You want to get to the point that the angels ain't saying, how can we get Latanya their money? How can we get Destiny their money to make sure it's, they don't go under? That the angels, the wealth angels are literally looking to get you money because you will do the king's bidding. Amen. Listen, I hope y'all was blessed by that. But you know what? You know what you got to do first? You know what you got to do first? You got to give yourself to the Lord. You give yourself to the Lord. You'll never consistently give your money to the Lord. You'll never consistently give your mouth to the Lord. You'll never consistently give your life to the Lord until you give yourself to the Lord. And once you give yourself to the Lord, then what the Bible says in Deuteronomy 28 and 8 becomes true. It says that the Lord shall command the blessing upon thee and in thy storehouses and in all that thou set thy hand unto, and he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God gave. Can you read that again? Can you read that again? <laughs> I want y'all to hear what God is saying when about us. When you give yourself to God. When you give yourself to God. When, when you, Because it's not just a money thing, but when you give yourself to God, Deuteronomy 28 and 8, it says, the Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses. Houses with an S. Houses with an S. Houses with an S. He says, and in all that thou set thy hand unto, and he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. In the land. The land is the place where God has called you to. This is wherever God's called you to, he's going to bless that place. Give yourself to God and watch the blessing be commended upon you. I wonder if somebody will let me prophesy the, you into your next level. <laughs> I wonder if somebody will let me prophesy you into your next level. Do I have anybody that will let me prophesy you into your next level? Next year for Giving Tuesday, you'll give a ten thousand dollars scholarship. Oh, come on now, come on now. Next year for I wonder if I, I I wish I had me a church that would say, yeah, yeah, God, I'm willing to go to the next level. Next year, it next year, whatever you sold this year, next year will be light to you. Mm -hmm. Next year will be light to you. Whatever you'll, you'll you sold this year, thing. you'll be able to double that mm -hmm. thing. And I'm telling you, we're not just talking about what we say. We literally just came back from sowing the biggest seed that we've ever sown before, mm -hmm. which was double, more than double the seed that we sold last year. Mm -hmm. Why? Because we purposed in our heart. And purposed in our heart before we left to do it four times bigger To do it four year. times bigger next That's year. Right. Why? We talking about five to one. Five to one can't just be what come into mm -hmm. me. Five to one is what goes out for me. And what who who purposing? You know what, God? God, you're setting me up for such increase. I'm gonna pay a single mother's rent. I'm gonna pay somebody's electricity bill, and it ain't gonna it ain't gonna hurt me. I, it's not gonna hurt me to do it. It's gonna be a light thing. It's gonna be a light we thing. We all the time. Go, do you know one of the things that Pastor Edwin and I do? One of the things that we do when we go to almost pretty much. I would say probably 40% of the time that we go out to breakfast. If we go out to breakfast and we see a young couple with kids. Oh, yeah. If they that, got two or three kids. They got two or three kids and they trying to manage them kids, we pay for their food. Oh, yeah. 
We pay for their food and we say to them, this too will pass. Mm -hmm. Because anybody who got a lot of kids, we had five of them. <laughs> and you trying to be out for breakfast and people wasting orange juice and apple juice and there's more pancakes on the floor than on the plate. The plate, people don't even realize how stressful that is. And we and we had five in hell. We had five I tell in people hell. all the time, we had five in hell. Yes. People, how did y'all do it? We, we had we, we had five in hell. <laughs> and, and that's stressful. And so we purposed in our heart that when we go out, what we're going to do is we are going to look. We go, listen, guys, you want to know how we live? We go out looking to be a blessing. Mm -hmm. We go out looking to meet Amen. a need. Amen. We were at an event and they were talking about somebody who had a need of something. And, and Pastor Cynthia said, we have somebody in here who agreed to meet the, meet the need. Ellen just leaned over. He said, you sent that message, didn't you? Yeah, because if it's a need to be met, why not me? Right. I, I, my supply comes from heaven. Yeah. Is this helping you guys? Is this helping you guys? And I don't want you to despise. I don't care if you just sowing a dollar right now. I don't care if you just sowing $5 right now. We remember those days, but I am telling you those days are coming to the end because the Lord has commanded the blessing on you. Now, you Amen. know what you need to do? You need to lift your hands and receive. Mm -hmm. I receive that. Wherever you are. I, unless you're driving. Unless you're driving. Unless you're driving. <laughs> I receive Didn't that. Didn't one hand. <laughs> I receive God. Amen. I receive. I receive. I'm not trying to get the blessing. Nope. The blessing has been commanded he over commanded me. It the me. blessing is going he everywhere I go. It. The blessing is the going blessing. everywhere yes. I go. So when I put my hand to something, it's going to prosper. Yes. When I'm in the land that he's called me to be in, it's going to prosper. Mm -hmm. And I got one last thing I'm going to say, and then we're going to get out of here. Listen, for those of you who are going for the six figures, my first year that I broke six figures, I didn't make it all in one place. Mm -hmm. A lot of people working a job, they made six figures, so they made it all in one place. I didn't make mine all in one place. I made mine in two or three different places. But the point is, it's not how you make it. It's that you use your faith. Use your faith. It's that you use, you your, use faith. your faith. And I want to say to some of you, some of you, because you are in a better situation than you were two years ago, you're not using your faith like you were two mm. years ago. You were using your faith to go to that next level. But that $20,000 bump, that $30,000 bump gave you a little more comfort than you mm -hmm. had before. So now you aren't using your faith. Put this in the comments. Never, ever, ever stop using your faith. Mm -hmm. And even some of you who think you have a lot of money, use your faith. Yes. Use your faith. Yes. God, how do you want me to pay for this? God, how do you want me to do this? Don't just look at your budget. Use, Use your, your faith. faith. Use your faith. Your, you, can, I, can I just, can I, as, as, as your apostle, as your pastor, can I tell you this? Your faith works. Your faith works. Your faith works. Use it. It works. All right, listen. The fire experience is five days away. Registration is closed, right? Baby, registration is All closed. Right. So if you didn't get in, but even if you didn't get in, you know what you can do? You can come to the huddle. You can come oh, to the huddle. Come December to the huddle. 11th, 11 o'clock. Let me tell you something. All kinds of stuff going to be happening at the fire experience. People go get saved. People go get delivered. People go have their next breakthrough financially. Relationships go restored, be restored. Bodies go be restored. People go get their life to Jesus. We will never, ever be the same again. Amen. And then that Sunday, the huddle, 
oh baby, it's gonna be we gonna tear the roof off this thing. It is going to be good. Figuratively. <laughs> I know, babe. I know, babe. I know, babe. Amen. Right. If they tear the roof off, that's a whole other <laughs> issue, right? So, and we want you to come and be a part of it. So next week, there will not be any virtual service. Pastor Chris won't be virtual. We won't be virtual. We hope that you will be in the place. If you're not, you can watch this message again. We love you guys so much. You want to be a virtual partner? To be just to be clear, what? when you say no virtual service, you're talking about you're talking about on Sunday. Oh, Sunday. On Sunday. Next I Sunday. just want to be clear when you say there's no virtual service next week. You mean next Sunday. Yes, sir. Because yeah, we still have prayer on Tuesday. Uh are we still have a refresh on Wednesday night or no refresh on Wednesday. We still have a refresh on Wednesday night. So we still got Tuesday and Wednesday. Well, we'll, we'll y'all check in for Wednesday. We'll let you know. But we still have prayer on Tuesday on Tuesday night, and then uh, Friday. We don't have prayer on Friday morning. No prayer on Friday morning. No yeah. prayer on Friday no morning. On Friday. Okay, I'll make it. A, I'll put that in the group of all the things so you can be aware. All right, we love you guys. Have an amazing week. You want to be a virtual partner? You want to give? Here are your ways to give. Give up by push, pay, tidily. Text to give. You know what you want to give into this ministry. This is good ground. PayPal, FOC Church, NWA at Gmail for our international partners. Listen, um, if you want to be a virtual partner, then you can go and you can fill out this form because let me tell you something. Next year, Fellowship of Champions, y'all going over. We're not going under. We're not maintaining. We're going over. It's the year we go over. Amen. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. All right. We love y'all. Bye-bye.